Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good afternoon and welcome to the really big barbecue central show. The show that talks about all things that are important to the world of live fire, barbecue, grilling, smoking, all that fun stuff. And we are here on Monday. Get your barbecue week started off right As I mentioned last week, we are now in the teeth of what we call Barbecue Hall of Fame season. The nominations have been counted in the top 10. Okay, well, what happens when we do it live, right? Yeah, that's right. Hold on, hold on. All right. We'll do it live. That's what happens. Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! I don't think there's ever been a... Hall of Fame show that right in the open hasn't had an issue. However, here we are on a Monday once again, ready to learn who the 10 finalists are for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. We'll get into the whole nomination process here in just a second. We'll talk about some other items before we reveal as we go ahead and build in and joining me here this evening. I can see one of them, but I cannot see both of them, so I'm going in blind here, unfortunately, although we did a very successful test. From the American Royal or the Barbecue Hall of Fame size, specifically, Emily Gunter is joining me. And, of course, our pal, a Tuesday evening uh, regular in the second Tuesday of the month spot, Robert Moss, joining us. So let me do uh, this and this. Uh, Robert, I see you there, but uh, Emily, are you with us? Hello. Okay, there you are, <laughs> Emily. Sorry, too much, uh, too much Emily on the brain. I meant Elizabeth, of course. <laughs> so I welcome you both in here this evening and uh, this evening, this afternoon. Uh, now I have Tuesday on the brain, and yes, we are ready to rock and roll here. So we have uh, Robert Moss, who everybody knows is a monthly guest here, and then Elizabeth, who is joining us for the very first time. So Elizabeth, let me turn it over to you here just for a moment, and you can tell us exactly what's transpired since last year and how you came into the power that you're at. Yeah, absolutely. First, I just want to thank you for letting me be a part of this. And I also want to thank Robert Moss for his guidance and being here today as well. But my name is Elizabeth Gunter, and I'm an event coordinator here at the Royal. I just want to start and talk about what the American Royal is actually. So we exist to champion food and agriculture, and our mission is actually to be the nation's leader in food, agriculture, education, events, and engagement. So It's in Kansas City. That's right in my backyard. I grew up an hour north of here in DeKalb, Missouri. Uh, I graduated with only 15 kids in my high school class. So I decided to then go to the University of Missouri, which was a big shell shock, let me tell you. 
I decided that in high school, I had a passion for agriculture and I wanted to stick with that. And so that led me to animal science. And there I was on the Mizzou meat judging team. I just enjoyed looking, I guess, at meat and carcasses. And it was very fascinating to me. So it only made sense to get a minor in food science and nutrition. And then actually it was March of last year. I decided like, hey, this is an amazing opportunity here at the Royal. So I applied and I'm very thankful I'm here. I started this past August. So very fresh, new face here. Within my role, I actually help with all the events here from anywhere from the horse shows to the livestock judging to our rodeo that finished that last week to barbecue. So barbecue is my main focus area. So it's been amazing getting to work with the Hall of Fame committee nomination committee members. Uh, it's been phenomenal. And then with that, what has been transpiring and what is new this year is actually for Hall of Fame. Instead of the top finalists of being nine, we decided to go with 10 just to kind of combat the four that we added for the induction last year. So that's kind of a little bit about me in a nutshell and a little bit about the Royal. Well, we're happy to have you aboard here, Elizabeth. Welcome in. It's a very big show. I'm sure you're very nervous, but don't worry about it. We got the old (laughs) pro Robert Moss below. And of course, we know who Robert Moss is, and we certainly appreciate him taking time here this afternoon to lend whatever insights that he has as far as process, names, background, all that good stuff, because he'll be turning right around tomorrow at the 935 segment and doing his monthly appearance on the Barbecue Central show. So I'm not sure which one wants to grab this question, but let's talk about uh, at least this portion of the stage where we end up getting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame class, which is the names nomination process. So let's talk about uh, how long that window's open and then what the process is to get us to where we are today. Well, I can actually dive right into that. And then, um, Robert, if you have anything else to add, you're more than welcome. But uh, the nominations are open pretty much all year long. They close in April, and they'll open back up in April right after we're done. Uh, It is a rolling process. So basically, anyone is welcome and encouraged to vote um, and put in those nominations for any deserving members for this very pristine honor. And then once those nominations are closed, then the Hall of Fame selection committee will then do their research and determine who will be the top 10. This year we had over 90 nominations, so they put a lot of time and effort into reviewing those and a lot of hours out of their busy schedules. And then today actually it opened with the voting. And so the voting process begins with the Every member of the Hall of Fame selection committee will have the chance to cast their vote, as well as those living members that are inducted to the Hall of Fame. Um, But in regards to finalizing those top 10 and how they get to that, um, Robert Moss can kind of tell you what they're really looking for. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So there's a committee. I can't remember exactly. Keep me honest. It's about eight of us. Um, we talked about them the other day, Greg, or I think last last month when I was on the show. But it's a range of uh, folks like me, barbecue writers, uh, Jim Alcamudi, uh, Hannah Raskin, a co- my colleague of mine from here in Charleston, joined us this year on, on the committee. Uh, you've got uh, Kevin Bloodsoe, uh, your restaurateur, cookbook author, um, Ray Lampy, um, all around cook, in addition to cookbook author, competition champion, and himself, all barbecue hall, hall of fame member, Amy Mills is, is on the, the, the committee as well. 17th street barbecue empire, uh, and a, a very influential mentor. So people who really know all aspects of the, of the barbecue world, uh, I'm more on the history and, and restaurant side, but we have restaurateurs, we have, uh, competition cooks and, uh, hall of fame members uh, who can really cover the, the, 
you know, all, all angles of it. So we take, yeah, that, that big list of 90 plus entries that came in and they come in with various, some are very sketchy, some are uh, novels that people have written describing, you know, in great detail uh, why someone belongs to the Hall of Fame. But we go through them and, and, and uh, we, you know, whittle the list down as, as well as we can to a manageable number. Then we have several conference calls where we go back and forth arguing over the last few to get down to 10. It always seemed to get down to about 20 or so. And then getting from 20 to 10 is really difficult because there's so many worthy contenders and a lot of hard choices to be made. How long of a process is it when you talk about having multiple conversations? Is this done over months or is it done over just a few few days over the course of one week? No, we, we spread it out. I think you know, we, it's good to get together, have some conversation, think about it and come back. And Elizabeth, I can't remember when we started. We may have started back as early as February we have. Uh, we had sort of an organizing call and then we started reviewing names as they were coming in. So every few weeks we get together on a conference call. I think the last one took us about two hours to go through, you know, the, the real, I call the horse trading and the arm wrestling of getting that, that final, uh, list of 10 nominees, uh, nailed down. You can both weigh in on this question, but when you talk about those nominations that you get, Robert, some are sketchy, some are novels. Is there a sweet spot that the names committee likes to see, or can you not necessarily judge it like that? Uh, from an outsider looking in, I would imagine the sketchy ones are perhaps more uh, prone to getting tossed out quickly versus the ones that are a little bit more in-depth. If if it's a sketchy one and it's something that no one on the committee, no, someone on the committee has not really ever heard of, no one's willing to go to bat and sort of fill in the gaps of the of the entry, then then yes, I would say that you know writing too much doesn't help either because it tends to be very repetitive. Um, also, just the fact that someone's a great guy or a great great woman and everybody likes them, yeah, you know, that's nice, but it's not really criteria for why you would get in, into the Hall of Fame. So it's really, I I, I think we you know back when we were sort of talking about the uh, entry form, I'd say, you know, write what's important, right? Why is this, what separates this person from someone else? Why, what's their impact or their legacy or their importance to the barbecue community? Community, What angle did they come at or multiple angles did they, they come at? So that's sort of the key thing for us is, is, is accomplishments. What's this person done? And, you know, why should, what, what, what have they done that makes them worthy to be considered to be truly in a, a hall of fame? Do you have anything to add to that, Emily? Uh, Elizabeth? <laughs> you're you're perfectly fine i would say that you know when he refers to like some of the sketchy ones it could just be like someone just they think their their mom or their dad deserves it their backyard and like it's just looking at those and being like who is the best of the best and like makes that impact now um and has made the impact in the a barbecue world and i think it's really preserving that history is what we look at when we have these conversations so i think that is the key and i think robert moss he's done this for quite some time so he hit the nail on the head and i'm still learning i'm learning from the best of the best through this committee so um as much as i'm learning they're the pros at this all right so two other preferences questions here before we get to the 10 names that four of which will be inducted into the barbecue hall of fame out of the 90 unique names that are in the big collection hopper how many are unique versus ones that were repeated i know for a fact i was probably nominated multiple times so we can't you know count that as uh, only one or we can only no, count that as one unique are- yeah, the ninety is the ninety is unique. Yeah, we we have quite a few. We'll wow. get multiple nominations. So yeah, we we had well over ninety total nominations, but yeah, unique names uh, was in the the little over ninety. Wow. All right. So that seems to have gone up over the last couple of years. I think we were kind of scuttling yeah, we really around had, forty or so. We had a good turnout this year. Um, and uh, 
the names stay on the list for three years. So if you don't get renominated after three years, you'll fall off the list. But each time you get renominated, the clock starts again. So um, yeah, but we had a good a good inflow of of names this year, and a lot of new ones, and and, and good good folks to consider. So that's that's really good. That I think people are starting to learn about the Hall of Fame and are, are getting you know more interested in you know not just seeing who makes it at the end, but getting getting people into the funnel, if you will. Do you think there'll ever be a time, um, Elizabeth, where We'll see just the the broad list of original nominations. My fear, I'm not asking from a self-serving point, but my fear is it's like the the crowd that sees somebody getting assaulted. Everybody thinks somebody's going to do something, but nobody does anything. So when uh, the class is picked every year, somebody's like, oh, well, so-and-so should have got in. And nobody knows if that name was actually even nominated. So is that something we might see down the road? Maybe sometime in the future, but with such a big list coming out it's kind of hard to get that out there and you see names and everything like that i just really don't think uh now or i just imagine it keep going so i i really don't think as it keeps growing and continuing you know if someone really is advocating for someone to be nominated i mean yeah that link is open to everyone so they can put their hand in and weigh in on that and then if they have friends that want to nominate them as well they're more than welcome to do so so i think it's you have to have someone on your side advocating for you you're welcome to nominate yourself there's no rule against that um so uh, it's just really on that i don't think anytime soon we will see that main list just because it's so large um and if robert moss wants to talk on anything of that he's more than welcome to yeah i mean we we talk each year we tweak the formula format a little bit so some of the organizational you know meetings are like what do we want to change this year uh for instance we added the you know, we added four inductees last year. This year, we decided to bump the list to ten. Uh, that's just the full list is not something we've actually heard people ask for, so I haven't really thought about it. But yeah, right now the gate is just that's the that's the laundry list. That's a long list. There's a, it's a mix of, of very famous people and people who you may not have heard of. So I'm not sure if it really merits releasing that long list. I'm, and I like Elizabeth's idea. If there's somebody you really think is missing from last year and should be in there, well, nominate them themselves. I'd much rather see one person get six nominations coming in than just have one, you know, one nomination for them because you get multiple angles uh, that way. All right. So we are about quarter past, which is sweet spot time for everybody ditching work and tuning in here that are really interested. But you can get it in podcast if you're missing it here live. Let's go ahead and in no particular order, talk about the 10 finalists, four of which will make up the Barbecue Hall of Fame class. And uh, whoever wants to start uh, with names, go ahead and drop them on out and why they were picked. Yeah, I can start and announce the name, and then Robert Moss can tell a little bit about their background. Okay. So we'll start with Byron Chisholm. Yep. And I do think these are actually in alphabetic order, so uh, to, to not, uh, you know, no, no uh, order of merit, but just we ordered them uh, alphabetically. Yeah, Byron Chisholm, uh, I believe it may have been uh, nominated last year. Yes. Um, people may not know the name Byron Chisholm, but they probably know the name Bad Byron's Butt Rub, which was, uh, it's been around for more than a quarter century now, one of the first really successful commercial barbecue rubs on the market and Byron Chisholm was a competition or is a, a competition cook who uh, started marketing uh, his rub and uh, you know competed all around was a had a real good run at uh, all the KCBS events back in you know the 2000s uh, and so both a competition champion and a, a uh, you know a product purveyor if you will so uh, bad Byron's butt rub all right let's go to and the, the second one is- 
Steve Grady. All right. Steve Grady. Yep. We know him. And then it, it looks like Grady. I think they, the family actually says Grady. I've never quite nailed that down, but uh, Steve Grady um, is the uh, patriarch at Grady's Barbecue or Grady's Barbecue in Dudley, North Carolina. He's truly a legend of uh, North Carolina barbecue. I believe he just turned 88 uh, a month or two ago, and he's still cooking uh, whole hogs. Actually, I think he cooks half hogs now on the pit uh, there, there in Dudley, uh, s- sitting up all night. His, uh, his wife, Jerry, makes all the sides and, and runs the kitchen. Uh, Grady's, or Grady's is just a classic Eastern North Carolina barbecue joint. Uh, I think uh, Steve Grady's cooking the way he's, he learned from his grandfather you know, decades and decades and decades ago, and is really keeping alive that uh, Eastern North Carolina whole hog tradition and representing that kind of sort of smaller, low-scale uh, country country style barbecue restaurant that you know there are so few of them left today. So keeping the, the fires burning, uh, Steve Grady. Have you eaten at Grady's, Robert? Oh, multiple times, multiple yeah. times. Unfortunately, but it's not too far off I ninety five if you're heading up to North Carolina. It's a little hard to get to, but uh, it's very, very much worth the the drive out there. All right, let's go ahead with the next name. David Close, legend. Uh, truly a legend. Uh, this is in the the manufacturer side of things. They a, a pit manufacturer, close pits. Um, you know, he really pioneered the, the, the high quality offset uh, offset pits. Um, lots and lots of competition teams were using them. You know, in the early two thousands, uh, really really cooking on uh, you know on that on that style of pit helps made made it popular. A pit that until the 2000s wasn't really very well known outside Texas. And now of course offset smokers are everywhere. Uh, lots and lots of restaurant use, use uh, restaurants use close pits as well. So very influential restaurant scene. And Dave close is known for making like some of the craziest barbecue pits you've ever seen. There's not a thing out there like a phone booth, uh, a train, you know, a beer bottle. I mean, he can, he can make a pit uh, out of just about anything or yeah. make it look just about like, like anything. So truly a legend in the, the uh, pit making world. I owned a close pit for like five years, believe it or not. How'd you, did you like it? Everybody yes. who's ever cooked one said they love it. Oh, like know, it uh, offset cookers are traditionally, if they're not made well, are beasts to keep temperature right. Once that thing got up to temperature, it was a log every hour, and, and that was it. It hummed right along around 250, 275. So it was a dream. I was uh, I was happy to get it. All right, next name. It is Fast Eddie. Wow. Who's that? Yep. Fast, Fast Eddie, Eddie. Martin. If you're from the competition world, you certainly know Fast Eddie. People who who aren't in the competition scene or aren't restaurateurs may not. But uh, another uh, another pit maker, I, you know, Dave Dave Close was the offset cookers. Fast Eddie was really pioneered the pellet cooker, particularly the commercial and the competition. Uh, pellet smokers, um, same thing back in the early 2000s. Lots and lots of teams are out uh, winning competitions using Fast Eddie. Um, Teamed up with Cook Shack, and so Fast Eddie by Cook Shack is still still a brand. The very distinctive stainless steel uh, pellet pits, uh, and really, you know, like Dave Close, helped revolutionize how people were cooking both in the competition world and in the the restaurant industry. Uh, my opinion only, but long overdue nomination. Uh, maybe he had been nominated before, but hadn't make it into the list. So good to see Fast Eddie here. And who's the next name? Roger Mooking. Roger Mooking. Right. Yep. So first of our media folks, yeah, we, we, we have nominees from various different industries. Um, Roger Mooking's a chef. He's a restaurateur. He's running a, a restaurant in the Toronto airport right now, but he's best known for uh, a television show called Man Fire Food, which ran on the cooking channel for 
gosh, about eight eight or so years, starting in I think 2012. And Man Fire Food is a is a really influential show, but it's also very interesting because he read all across the United States. If you go back and look over the episodes, there's not a barbecue joint, classic barbecue joint that he didn't visit, but he also visited a lot of off the beaten path spots. He talked to people who are cooking, you know, smoking fish, or he talked to two chefs getting the barbecue, really covered the the American barbecue landscape in, in a lot of ways. And so uh, those, those, those television shows will be a you know, lasting documentary legacy of American barbecue. All right. Next name. Flora Payne. Flora Payne. Wow. Talk about yes. legend. Yes, definitely a legend. If you've been to Memphis, you, you hopefully have eaten at Payne's barbecue in Memphis. Uh, Flora Payne is sort of the matriarch of, of Payne's and uh, it's actually sort of similar to Cozy Corner uh, and uh, Desiree Robertson, who was uh, inducted a few years ago. Uh, Flora uh, Payne and her husband Horton found founded the restaurant in 1972. Horton Payne died not too long, you know, like a, de- a decade later, I think in the 80s. And Flora Payne took over the restaurant, kept it running, and has kept it running straight through the day. So, uh, again, sort of like Steve Grady, keeping one of these legendary American barbecue restaurants, keeping the fires burning, and, and a, a legend of, of Memphis barbecue. Is this Flora's second time on the list? I believe Flora was on last year. Yes. Okay. Just trying to keep track of my uh, second timers here. Just uh, have a little bet working in my own head here. So, <laughs> all right. So that's floor pain. Uh, next name on the list. Dave Raymond. All right. Dave Raymond. Uh, yeah. So Dave Raymond, uh, again, you may not recognize that name, but you would certainly recognize the name Sweet Baby Ray, yeah. which is uh, Sweet Baby Ray's, which is the, the sauce company that Dave Raymond founded. Uh from Chicago was uh, developed a sauce that he and, and uh, I think his brother were used to uh, compete in Mike Royko's Rib Fest back in the eighties, and then. But his real fame was when they decided to bottle it and and, and commercialize it. Uh, have gone on and sold it to Kins, I think. But it's one of the, if not the largest, one of the largest barbecue sauce brands in in the country. Um, sort of representative of that Chicago style uh, of cooking. And then he and his uh, nephew, Deuce, are still running restaurants today. They have two restaurants in Chicago and a catering company. So um, both a sauce manufacturer, but also a restaurateur. All right, next name. Malcolm Reed. Malcolm Reed? Who's that? Yes, no one on Barbecue Central show has ever heard of Malcolm Reed. No, Malcolm is a longtime friend of the, of the Barbecue Central show, but also just, I mean, he is dominates the you know the digital media barbecue media i checked uh this afternoon he currently is sitting at 1.56 million subscribers on his youtube feed and uh, i think when we were talking about malcolm we we were said probably no no one has more eyeballs seeing them on a regular basis cooking barbecue and learning barbecue than malcolm reed so he's taught an entire generation people of people how to barbecue and you know, don't think he needs any other <laughs> Any other introduction for for the uh, listeners for this show? Also, a regular podcaster with his How to Barbecue Right podcast, mm-hmm. which gives you a behind-the-scenes look at what they're doing on their YouTube, and also was qu- once quoted as saying this. Eight to ten-pound butt, feels firm in the package, nice money muscle on front, and you'll be good to go. How about that? <laughs> Cut a little soundbite for the show. There you go. All right, so that's Malcolm <laughs> Reed. And next up? Donnie Teal. Oh, Don Teal, Talk about the, an obscure um, name. The, the uh, well, legend of the competition circuit. So, uh, you know, I think he had the distinction of winning the Jack and the American Royal uh, in the same year uh, back in back in the 2000s. I think he's been competing for 25 years and is, is, is just about as many trophies as anyone. So a 
a, a big figure uh, in the American competition scene. I call him Mr. Smiley for funny reasons that if you don't know him, then you don't get. But also an operator of a very successful barbecue trailer out there in Spiri, Oklahoma, I believe. Yep. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, next name up. Darren Worth. Ooh. The GOAT! Yep. So if you, ha if you had to pick someone to, p to match up with Donnie Teal on the competition circuit, I mean, Darren Worth is another figure. He's just a giant on the, the competition scene. He's won uh, numerous world world championships. And I think, you know, in, in dis our discussions, uh, you came up, he's basically the most consistent and un you know, reliable uh, force on the barbecue, uh, on the competition world in the past, you know, past two decades. Sure. And uh, is also a restaurateur uh, out in Iowa. He has uh, his own restaurant, too. So sort of a you know, two-faceted uh, individual. Short of a Memphis and May overall grand championship, I think he's won everything else uh, outside of that. I think, so. Yeah, I think that's right. He's won the Houston Rodeo. He's won the, uh, the World Series in, in Kansas City. He's won the Jacks. So, yeah, he's covered most of the bases. All right, so we got Darren Worth, who's uh, also a second-timer. I believe he was on the list last year. Donnie Teal, Malcolm Reed, Dave Raymond, Flora Payne, also a second-timer this year. Roger Mooking. Fast Eddie, Dave Close, Steve Grotti, and Byron Chisholm. Do we all concur that these are the names that we haven't left anybody off? I think those are the 10. All right. So, once again, these names are now on their way to the living members of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. They will vote for their top four, and then the top four names... Uh, getting votes will then become the Barbecue Hall of Fame class of 2023, correct? All right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, um, from a legacy standpoint, are there going to be any additions or tweaks to how it is this year versus how it was last year? Well, I think the legacies will work the same way as, as last year, which is uh, we do have the three legacy nominees. Those are people who are, are no longer with us who have passed away. Some are historical figures, some are more recent, but but uh, pe people who, who died more recently. But uh, those nominations come in through the same process, but because because it's more historical, the nominating committee will has has will vote on those, and those will be announced alongside the four uh, you know sort of main inductees uh, coming up here in a couple weeks. Last year was the first time we saw the emergence of the Impact Award, which has been said to not have to be something that recurs every year, but is there a feeling that we might see an impact award this year as well or no? I think I can reveal that there will be one this year. Oh, we really? Reveal right. what, well, uh, what it will be. But again, the impact reward is it's really for somebody who doesn't really, it, or a group of people who don't fit, category people who don't fit you know, into the individual uh, uh, individual Hall of Fame. So it's a way for us to recognize, you know, group efforts or, or team efforts. And, uh, it, and so, yes, we, we've had some good discussions, but I believe we will have a good one for, uh, for everybody to announce here in a few weeks. All right. So we'll look forward to that. And the names are out to the Living Hall of Fame members. And here's the best part. On May 24th at 3 p.m. Eastern, a Wednesday hump day, we will return live and announce who this class will be. We'll talk about the legacy members and the Impact Award as well. So I know at least Elizabeth will be with us. And uh, Robert, if you're free and you're uh, jumping in on that, we're going to be happy to have you there as well. So I want to thank Elizabeth for first time or coming in and telling us about you and announcing the names. And then, of course, Robert for giving us a little background on these names as well. And we'll turn you right back around and have you again tomorrow night. 
Yep. Looking forward to it. I think we got some fun stuff to talk about tomorrow night. No doubt about it. Thanks so much for joining me, Elizabeth and Robert. And we will see you in just a few weeks' time, two and a half weeks or whatever it's going to be since it's a Monday today. But uh, two weeks from Wednesday on the 24th, we will announce who is going to be living 2023 members, who the legacy members are, and who the Impact Award winner will be as well. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Who got left off? You name it. Let's hear it. React to me. We'll read him and talk to Robert Moss tomorrow night about it. Maybe we'll also talk to Meathead since he's jumping the show in the 914 segment. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com is the working email address. Once again, that's Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Send me your emails. Let me know what you think of the finalists. And we can start discussion here and have it over the next two weeks before the class is minted. There is a live show Tuesday, tomorrow. We're done with the Wednesday schedule for the foreseeable future. That's uh, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Meathead will be joining us, then Robert Moss. Then we have Chris Young from Combustion Inc. And rounding out the show is Joe Martinez from Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue and his second of four quarterly segments here in 2023 as we talk to him about his barbecue trailer. So stay tuned for that. How do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget till this coming Tuesday tomorrow. This is your program host, a proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Bye-bye.